shine between the lines If you would let yourself go Find some place you know You can use your words, use your hands You can change the world, just pretend Express yourself, take a chance and you'll see Who you'll be It's time to express yourself Where teens talk and the world listens Presented by Star Style Productions as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. You'll rock to an hour of adolescent fusion with your teen hosts and on-air reporters. Meet and chat with cool celebrities, exhilarating experts, and tenacious teens with subjects regarding anything and everything that you want to know. It's time to kick off the fun with our star teens. Welcome to Express Yourself. No matter how old you are, how big you are, or how brave you are, we all have our fears. Some of them, we eventually outgrow, but others stay with us for years, housed in the corners of our minds. Thankfully, when we talk about our fears and dissect what really makes them scary, we can effectively banish them away. Hello and welcome to Express Yourself. We're a program by, for, and with creative young people. A platform to give teens a voice right here on the Voice America Kids Network. I'm Hannah Hundle, and today the theme for our show is fears. What are you afraid of? And I'm Kaisine Kelly. Express Yourself is produced by Star Style Productions and brought to you as an outreach service of the Be The Star You Are charity. We have a really powerful show in store for you today as our team of star reporters give their take on how we can triumph over our fears. Now, we know that fears can come in all shapes and sizes. Some people have debilitating fears that gradually begin to dominate the course of their daily lives. Others have small qualms that simply put them at an ease. Fears can be rational or irrational. Fears can originate from past experiences or can be mere figments of our imagination. As you can tell, There are so many facets to a conversation about fears. Indeed there are, and so many questions too. What is fear? What makes some of us afraid and others not? To get some answers to these questions, and many more, we're going to first turn to our reporter, Caitlin Darrow, here to share with us her first experience at Halloween Horror Night. Hi, Caitlin. Hi, everyone. It's Caitlin Darrow. And with today's theme being about fears and what we're afraid of, I thought that I would share my recent, very terrifying experience at Universal's Halloween Horror Nights in Orlando, Florida. I had the opportunity to visit Universal and check out their seasonal Halloween attractions, including eight haunted houses, several live shows, and horrifying street experiences throughout. All of my fears came to life, and I think I actually gained a few fears after the whole ordeal. Each year, the Universal Studios theme park is transformed into a horror-filled atmosphere, and I was so excited to attend this iconic event. The Halloween Horror Nights event has won awards such as Amusement Today's Best Halloween Event Golden Ticket Award, which is one of the most prestigious awards in the amusement industry. In addition to the live shows and street scenes, the primary component of Halloween Horror Nights is the incredible haunted houses. 
There are eight haunted houses, all with different themes. In addition to their new creations, in more recent years, Universal has been basing the haunted houses on third-party licenses, including Halloween, which is based on the classic horror movie, of course, and The Walking Dead, based on the hit AMC TV series, and actually, The Walking Dead haunted house was the biggest Universal has ever created. There was also Alien vs. Predator, From Dusk Till Dawn, Dracula Untold, Dollhouse of the Damned, Giggles and Gore Incorporated, very creative names, and Roanoke Cannibal Colony. So every haunted house is terrifying in their own way. Each of the attractions had original and creative content, which I really loved and appreciated because in many haunted houses, you see the same thing over and over again, but that certainly was not the case at Halloween Horror Nights. Universal has really done an incredible job, and I was greatly impressed. Halloween is right around the corner, and it's not too late to check out Universal's very scary attractions. Halloween Horror Nights will be continuing through November 1st on select nights, so check out the hashtag HHN24 to see what people have been saying about Halloween Horror Nights on social media. Wow, wow. So you give a lot of great information here, and it sounds wonderful, all these different themes, because you're right, that's so unique for haunted houses to have these, because typically they just all kind of have the same atmosphere and give you the same forms of fright. But these yeah. are really interesting. But I yeah, know, of course, they were cool. probably really frightening too. So would you recommend <laughs> Halloween Horror Nights? You know, I definitely would. Halloween Horror Nights is suggested for ages 13 and up because the content can be pretty intense for a child. And even as a teenager, I was scared the entire time. <laughs> but it was a truly amazing experience. And if you're looking for the scariest haunted houses and attractions around, then Halloween Horror Nights is the place to be. It definitely sounds like somewhere I would be crying at because I get scared super easily. But who <laughs> is the creative director for Halloween Horror Nights? Well, the creative director's name is Mike Aalo, and he's also the director of entertainment and creative development for NBC slash Universal Theme Park. So he had a very great deal to do with it, and I'm sure he has such a creative mind because it was an amazing, amazing attraction, and the whole event was really great. Oh, yeah, I'm sure a, a great deal of thinking went into creating this because the names of these different haunted houses are so unique. I mean, Giggles and Gore Incorporated, but I also loved Roanoke. That's my favorite. Yeah, yeah. And I also loved Roanoke Cannibal Colony because I think that's in reference to Roanoke Island or one of the original colonies in North Carolina way back in the 17th century. So that's pretty yeah. neat. Yeah, yeah. So with all these different unique haunted houses to visit, was that your favorite part about Halloween Horror Night? I mean, I think that that was definitely a big component and definitely one of my favorite parts. But I think that the absolute best part overall would just be how intricate, how detailed all the sets were. I mean, when you step inside the haunted houses, you truly feel transformed. I mean, I felt like I was literally in a scene from The Walking Dead. Um, and overall, I just feel like the event is such a great way to celebrate Halloween. And it gets you into that scary spirit of the holiday. Definitely. So when exactly did Halloween Horror Night start? Well, Halloween Horror Night started at Universal Studios in Florida in 1991, and it was originally called Fright Night, but it was later renamed Halloween Horror Nights the following year in 1992. Oh, wow. Okay. And about how big were these different haunted houses? Were they each quite large or were they 
because I know there were eight of them, so I'm wondering if they were all kind of interconnected in some way, but were smaller, or they were all really large on their own. Yeah, I mean, I felt like each was very large in its own. I mean, I'm sure if you looked at the space um, from like an aerial point of view, it may not have been that big, but there were so many twists and turns that um, uh. overall it felt very long and very huge. <laughs> you know, when you're running away from these scary kind of you know actors coming towards you, it, it felt like the longest time of my life. <laughs> so it definitely seems like a real life horror movie, like come to life. So do you like horror movies since you enjoyed um, this horror night too? You know, I have a love-hate relationship with scary movies. Um, I cannot watch them by myself. I get too freaked out. But if I'm with a group of friends, I'm usually okay. You know, if I'm watching a scary movie, though, I definitely prefer more paranormal type of movies, a par- uh, you know, opposed to, like, straight gore. Um, I don't like watching anything that's too gross and gory. Oh, yeah. And, you know, I agree. If you have your friends there, you know, it makes the whole scary aspect of it a little less prevalent and also I think going through a haunted house if you've got your family there friends there with you as well it's maybe a little bit less scary although I imagine for Halloween Horror Nights probably not that (laughs) sounds pretty scary but yeah I think going through by yourself would be like unbearable (laughs) yeah that would be unbearable but for people who maybe can't travel to Orlando this Halloween is there any other location or universal theme park at which they can enjoy Halloween Horror Night? It really depends. I know that Universal has a couple different locations throughout the world. Horror Nights in Hollywood, which I thought was really interesting. There's also Halloween Horror Nights in Singapore and Japan as well, which I thought was interesting too. So our international listeners definitely have a chance to visit um, this amazing Halloween Horror Nights. But opposed from those locations, I'm not exactly sure, you know, if they're involved with any other places. But I think that those are the main um, locations of it. Thank you, Caitlin, for sharing this fascinating and probably really fearful experience. During the break, be sure to check out www.bethestarur.org for upcoming events and info. I'm Kaisine Kelly. And I'm Hannah Hundle. Also, visit our radio site at expressyourselfteenradio.com and our Tumblr page at btsyaradio.tumblr.com. Stick around for our next segment as we continue our conversation about what it means to be afraid. Bookworm is a show for the reader and those that should probably be reading a little more. We'll tackle the classics, the bestsellers, and the brand new works that you won't be able to put down. Your host will be combing the pages of them all and letting you know what needs to be in your personal library and what might be better reading for the bathroom. Tune in to Bookworm, airing Thursdays at 3 p.m. Pacific Time and 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Kids channel. We promise that listening will be just like delving into a good what book. What do you want to do? Are you interested in the performing arts? If so, make sure you tune in to the Angel and Harmony Show. Angel and Harmony have experience singing, acting, and performing in general and want to help you live out your dreams of the future. Whether you are interested in acting, modeling, dancing, or singing, this is the show for you. We'll even give you the scoop on being behind the scenes if you're a little shy. The Angel and Harmony Show is heard live every Thursday at noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Kids Channel. 
keep it right here. You're listening to Voice America Kids. You're listening to Express Yourself on the Voice America Kids channel, where teens talk and the world listens. Express Yourself is produced by Star Style Productions, LLC, as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. For more information about our show, visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Now, back to our star teens. You are listening to Express Yourself on the Voice America Kids Network. Brought to you by the Be The Star You Are charity. I'm Hannah Hundel. And I'm Kaisin Kelly. Now, when we're talking about a subject like fear, it's important to point out that a lot of it is subjective. While true terror for some of us may come in the physical sense, like the haunted house that Caitlin was referring to, others of us relate fear with emotionality. Here to elaborate on this idea of, is our social responsibility reporter, Asia Gonzalez. Thanks for coming on the program today, Asia. Hi, Henna. Hi, Casey, and hi, everyone. I'm Asia Gonzalez, the owner of Stinky Feet Girls and She is Worth It, a preventative awareness campaign against child sex trafficking. So I really found today's topic to be an extremely interesting one. And truth is, I don't have a lot of fears, but the ones I have and did have are pretty serious. And fears are something we should all try to master, but there are some fears that you absolutely can't get over. So I have a secret. I used to be afraid of what people thought of me, and I felt that the flaws I had caused people to think I wasn't worthy or pretty, and as odd as that might sound, it's very true. My teeth are overcrowded and therefore crooked, and I've had a few dumb boys tell me that I was ugly because my teeth weren't straight, and that haunted me, and because of that, I feared people making fun of me and I dreaded it. I grew to expect it. And because of my insecurities, I began to change and I wasn't the same fun, outgoing girl I used to be. This changed my personality, my attitude towards others, and my happiness with myself and my friends. My family and friends noticed the change and I'm sad to say that I did lose a few friends because of it. As I started to become a teen speaker and entrepreneur, I began gaining more and more self-confidence. And my confidence level definitely definitely went up as I began reporting and hosting for Express Yourself radio show and working with amazing people who are super supportive and just an all-around positive group of people. And as I surrounded myself with extremely positive and outgoing people, I began to realize that I'm in charge of who I am and no one else is. And I, as I started to be in charge of what I thought of myself and beginning uh, to build my own self, self-confidence, I finally began to see the way people who cared about me saw me. And one night when I was feeling really low, my mom finally put it into perspective for me. And she said, do I think you're ugly or beautiful? And I said, beautiful. She said, does your dad think you're ugly or beautiful? I said, beautiful. She said the same thing about my brothers, my friends, and my extended family, and I answered all the same. Then she said, does God think you're ugly or beautiful? I said, beautiful. So then she said, well, if we are all telling you you're beautiful and a few boys are saying you're ugly, who is a liar and who's telling the truth? I took a deep breath and said, the boys are the liars. It was really right then and there that I realized that a few dumb boys didn't make me, and they certainly did not have the permission to break me. My outlook on life is much, much healthier, and I am so much more comfortable with myself again. One other thing I am afraid of is the people I care and love for being hurt. My family is the most important thing to me, and the thought of them being hurt is a nightmare in and of itself. And the thought of my boyfriend being hurt scares me just as much. And this fear is not something you can get over. It's a worry all the time because, you know, you feel protective over those people, and you 
hold those people close to your heart. So something bad happening to them, of course, is very heartbreaking and scary. And I believe this fear comes from losing my grandmother to a drunk driver. She was very young when the drunk, when the driver slammed into her car, killing her instantly. She was only 47 years old, and I have known other people to die or get very hurt in automobile crashes. I would love to learn to let go, but I know that will take quite a bit of time. Another thing I fear is lightning, which saying that sounds really silly because in reality, I actually love watching lightning during the monsoon seasons, and the sound of thunder off in the distance is actually a soothing one to me. And we get a lot of thunderstorms here in Colorado, and we had a ton in Arizona where I used to live. If I'm inside while the lightning is going on, I'm fine. And But otherwise, it freaks me out. Uh, one day, it began to rain a little, and the lightning was getting closer. And my poor dad needed to get home really fast, but he walked over to our neighbor's house. And actually, we had lived on two-acre parcels, so we were very far apart from each other's houses. So walking back wasn't a 20-second ordeal. He didn't have to. He didn't want to have to go all the way around, so he thought it would be faster to jump uh, our connecting fence and run across the backyard to our house. Well, wouldn't you know it? As soon as he grabbed the metal fence, lightning struck. Thank goodness the lightning hit the street right next to our house and not him. Lightning is definitely something to not mess with or take lightly. There's one more fear that I have, and it's not a very big one. And yes, it may sound extremely silly to you, but hey, it's legit to me. I am super afraid of daddy long legs. They're those spiders with the really long legs and the really tiny bodies. And, oh, they just look really creepy. But <laughs> I used to be so scared of them that I couldn't fall asleep in my own room. And I'm really not as afraid, as afraid of them now. But if I see one, I definitely make someone else go get it for me. <laughs> so those were legitimate fears. Now I want to go over some really bizarre, irrational fears I found when doing that research. And I was wondering what was out there because I was like okay well I'm afraid of those weird looking spiders I'm afraid of lightning I'm afraid of people that I love being hurt I'm afraid of um well I used to be afraid of what people thought of me and so I wanted to check out you know what are there some other things that people are afraid of and what are odd fears that people actually experience across the world so I found some different fears to talk about and if you guys we'll have like a conversation about like just these weird things that I found <laughs> I found a blutophobia which is the fear of washing or bathing. And I was like, how can people <laughs> be afraid of that? And how can people accept that? Like, that's like kind of gross. <laughs> yeah. Like, what know, is it like it. living with that fear? Like, do you never take a shower? You know, what always fascinates me about these phobias that seem to come about, and I feel like more and more get into our language as the years yeah. go by. There's some of them that I don't think were here a decade or two decades ago. Um, are they just things that, you know, maybe one person experiences and then we think that we need to make a totally new syndrome or a totally new name for it. Or I wonder if they're just, they're really prevalent among yeah, a so large group of people, say. you know? Yeah, like a couple of people have it. And I was like, how can how can you have that one? And then I found electrophobia, which is the fear of chickens, which obviously does not apply to my brother because he's like obsessed with chickens. I don't know why. <laughs> He just loves the word and the animal, and so I'm like, that definitely does not apply to him. But I just don't see how people can be afraid of chickens unless they had, like, a bad experience with them. Yeah, like, that's what I was thinking, too. Something. Like, what if um, how you get these, like, irrational weird fears, like, it must come from somewhere. Um, I yeah. don't know. It's, like, it's probably not, it's like, genetic. It's probably you get a um, – conversate you get like a bad experience with, I don't know a chicken a chicken might attack you when you're like little out yeah. of fun 
And then you just develop this irrational fear of chickens. Yeah, you know, these are some great questions to ask my AP psychology teacher. I think he could probably provide me a good explanation. I don't know. I was reading my AP psych book, and there there was a name for a fear of horses. And there was a small explanation on the sidebar, and it was something to the effect of, for one man who had this phobia, it was because the horse reminded him of an aggressive man that used to be in his life I think maybe his father or grandfather so I think these phobias do probably relate to experiences that we've been through but it's interesting how they manifest themselves you know going from a male figure in your household to a horse yeah yeah that's so strange and the weirdest one I thought I was like this definitely does not apply to me I don't know how it applies to anybody else but anglophobia which is the fear of England or English culture which I thought that is so impossible because the English accent is like so awesome I love hearing the English accent so how yeah. do you get afraid of that and like Kate Middleton and William I I'm yeah. like the opposite of Anglophobia <laughs> <laughs> I'm like I wish I was British <laughs> I know that's what I was thinking like how can you be afraid of that it's such a cool culture and they sound so awesome when they talk yeah but, definitely and I found this really funny fear which is levophobia which is things to the left side of the body which I found this offensive because I'm left-handed, so. (laughs) But then I found rational fears, which I was like, okay, some of these, you know, I completely understand. Um, And one of them actually applies to me, which is uh, balenophobia, which is pins and needles. I cannot stand going to the doctor's office and having them prick me with anything that's like. And I think that one's pretty common, too. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like I actually had to get like, you know, those little finger pricks where they take like a little sample of your blood. I was like, I am going to faint as they are doing this. I'm going to freak out. And and uh, it was pretty funny, though. It was like super quick, though, which is, you know, it still yeah. freaks me out, but, you know. Yeah. Oh, phobias are so interesting to look at. I think you can find yeah. an endless list of them and ponder over all the implications ah. of them forever. Well, yeah. thank you so much, Asia, for this plethora okay. of information, both on rational and irrational fears. It's great to be able to discuss our fears, and then together we can find ways to effectively conquer them. I'm Hannah Hundle. During the break, be sure to visit expressyourselfteenradio.com to see photos, descriptions, links, and more. And I'm Kaisine Kelly. If anyone wants to start a club, Be The Star You Are at your school, email our producer for information at cynthia at bethestarur.org. Stick around for our next segment as we continue our investigation on all things fear-related. Stay tuned. become a teenager and are ready to move on to the next phase of your years. The squeals and screams are replaced by slightly less squeals and screams, and you're expected to act a little more grown up. Tune in to Life at 14 for the answers and support you need to get through this time in your life. Your hosts have some amazing life experiences, and because of this, they have the know-how to get you ready for what's next. Life at 14, Monday afternoons at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern, on the Voice America Kids channel. It's Kids and Cars. If you could get behind the wheel of your favorite hot car, where would you take it? 
Join your hosts who are both car enthusiasts as they take you inside, on the road, and past the pits with your favorite concept cars. This is your chance to burn rubber and leave the others behind in the dust. Tune in to Kids and Cars, Thursdays at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Kids channel. If you missed the show, you might as well be stuck in the garage. to explore the amazing world under the sea? Your host is a certified scuba diver, explorer, he likes to cook, and most of all, he's just a kid like you. You'll find out a lot more lies under the sea than what you've seen on TV, in movies, and even in aquatic parks. You'll learn about all kinds of fish, as well as other sea creatures. We'll take you to some exotic destinations and so much more. There's a whole big world under sea just waiting to be discovered. Tune in to Under the Sea, Wednesdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific, on Voice America Kids. What about the world concerns you? Is it future success? Is it world issues? Are you just looking to change the world in general? Tune in to What Up World? It doesn't matter who you are, where you come from, or what you look like. Everyone is entitled to the same chance for success. Follow your dreams. Move forward. Make a difference. Tune in to What Up World every Friday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Kids channel. You're listening to Voice America Kids. Real kids, real talk radio. You're listening to Express Yourself on the Voice America Kids channel, where teens talk and the world listens. Express Yourself is produced by Star Style Productions, LLC, as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. For more information about our show, visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Now, back to our star teens. Thank you for staying with us here at Voice America Kids. Our program is Express Yourself giving youth across the world a voice to be listened to. I'm Kysine Kelly, and today on Express Yourself, our theme is fear. What are you afraid of? And I'm Hannah Hundle. Throughout the show, we've been talking about different forms that fear can come in. Physical, emotional, and more. But there's one spooky source that we have yet to discuss. Technology. 
And who better to educate us on this topic than our very own Techie Talks reporter? So take it away, Kaisin. Thanks, Hannah. Today, let's talk about technology fears. It might seem kind of weird to think that something humans built and created and technically control could cause so many fears. But privacy fears and the ability to tack into technology has a lot of people worried. In an age where devices like thermostats and watches are being converted into hackable smart devices, it's true that privacy is a huge concern. With all these new devices being connected to the web and more thoroughly integrated into our lives, it's important to educate oneself on the risks. A huge story in the news recently has been the iCloud celebrity photo scandal. Basically, what happened, or so people speculate, is that there was a security flaw in iCloud that allowed a hacker to access each celebrity's iCloud. What made these services so easy to hack was a condition that allows people to have an unlimited amount of guesses when entering passwords. In cases like these, a brute force attack can be used. A brute force attack is when a program generates an unlimited number of possible passwords and runs through them, them through the system until it finds the right one. Apple claims to have made the changes to fix this glitch in the system, thankfully. It's a sad truth that the best and really only way to safeguard against hacks like these are by choosing strong and unique passwords. I mentioned in another episode a password generator website, which is still a great option for those looking to create unique and very, very strong passwords. On October 22, 2013, MIT Technology Review posted a feature story on why technology privacy concerns are misplaced. Forbes agreed with this sentiment when it published an article that highlighted the fact that Dropbox had chosen Condoleezza Rice, former Secretary of State, to its board of directors. A fiery debate was ignited as people tried to decide how much interference the government should be allowed to have on the internet. Currently, there is no governing body for the internet, and so many argue one needs to be created. But until we can decide what and how big the role of a role the government should have in managing the internet, our privacy is also in a limbo. For the most part, being aware of the dangers of oversharing on social media and of what you keep on your phone while choosing strong passwords is enough to be internet safe. Hopefully going forward into the future, internet safety can meet a compromise that will work best for everyone. Ah, this is such an interesting topic because... Whenever we talk about internet and privacy concerns and then we bring in government, that of course immediately makes it a hot button issue. And it really is such a question of whether the government should even have a role in keeping us safe on the internet. And then also if it should have a role, to what extent should that role go? Um, I'm curious to hear your views on this. Where do you think the government should play a role in keeping us safe on the internet? Yeah, so definitely it's something that I've gotten um, a lot like of people like telling me different sides of the story, but I'm not really quite sure. I um, do think that there needs to be some sort of regulation in the sense that if private information is hacked um, or people are accessing information that is supposed to be kept private, there should be some way to punish them. And since there are no, there's no governing body, this can actually hurt the people who are trying to get protection because the government or people can sue people for huge amounts because there are no set-in-stone laws. So I think that finding a compromise between being really harsh and also keeping the Internet uh, internet a free place, free of so much government interference where people can be creative and share their thoughts and be um, have, like, make cool websites and such should still be a thing. So we definitely need to find a compromise, and that's, like, my viewpoint. Right, certainly. You know, I think there has to be um, a, a serious discussion on this whether the government should be involved in privacy concerns with technology. 
But it also makes me think about issues like cyberbullying, because that's where problems like how do we interpret hate speech and how is that applicable online on these social media walls that are visible for the whole world to see and that all these kids are a part of now? Should the government be playing any role with that as well? And I'm not sure if there currently are many laws or any laws at all governing social media conduct to make sure it doesn't turn over to cyberbullying. Do you know anything about that? Yeah, so um, on a smaller scale, I know that a lot of um, school districts are trying to put in place laws that will allow the school administration to also be in charge of what happens at home. So this means that if a kid is being cyberbullied by his or her peers, the school administration with these new um, laws that are trying to be passed would have the authority to punish the person who is cyberbullying this kid. And um, one thing we can do about cyberbullying is that a lot of times the person, if they're doing it anonymous, anonymously, can um, we can find their IP address and we can find out who it is. And so we can actually bring justice to the situation and take out that um, anonymous kind of part of it, which it can be good. But at the same time, there are no like definite clear-cut laws saying what the administration can and can't do. And we obviously don't want to um, go too far with the administration power, but we also want to bring justice to the people who are being bullied. So it's also another hot topic about again, how much interference should one have in the internet? Right, right. You know, striking that right balance. And I think that's an issue that the government is really grappling with right now, as well as people all over this world not knowing what to make of all these new innovations. Because I think with each new technology that's developed, we're presented with so many questions on how to best use it to serve the public good. And, you know, I've mentioned on so many shows that I actually have no social media whatsoever right now. I'm not on Facebook, I've never made a Twitter, I've never made an Instagram, but of course I've experienced the effects of social media vicariously. And I know that kids are out there putting all of their information, some of them, you know, even phone numbers or perhaps their personal email addresses or putting locations. And I just wonder what type of impact that's going to have maybe 20, 30 years from now. You know, I often ponder perhaps in a decade or a score when a kid wants to run for some sort of political office and they're going through a vetting process and they're going to look at everything that this kid has done really from so far back. You know, we might think that, oh, the the person was just a teenager that time, but they're going to really examine everything and they're going to look at what you liked on Facebook, what you retweeted on Twitter. And I worry that not a lot of kids are thinking about that right now. Do you worry about that too? Yeah, definitely. I remember talking about it in um, quite a while back on the show about how a lot of kids, I think, are living so in the moment that we don't realize that everything we put on the internet is stored there. There is an un- basically unlimited amount of space on the internet. And so we don't have the power as people. Once we put our information out on the internet, there is no real way to delete it. Yeah, you can delete it, but it's still there on the servers and people can hack into the servers and get that information. So you just have to be very careful about Knowing exactly what you're doing is going to be saved there forever, and you have to be very aware of that. And so you have to not only think of, you have to, you have your profile that you have to people who you meet in person, right? You also have to make sure you have a very professional online profile that you're going to be proud of in, say, 30 or 40 years, like you said, um, when you're looking for jobs or when you're starting a family, because you don't want all these embarrassing things about your past coming up and resurfacing at unfortunate times. And it's definitely something that I think um, kids today need to be educated on. We need to be educated on 
um, information oversharing. And we really need to show the impact of that in the future. Yeah, no, you bring up a lovely point here that I'd love for you to elaborate on this issue of deleting, because so many teenagers, and I think even adults as well, you know, my, my yeah. staff included, believe that if you delete an email off your email account or delete a text message, that that means that that message is gone forever. But that's really not the case, right? Definitely. So I think it's important to note that um, basically um, every inf- all the things that are transferred over these online servers can um, be accessed in the future, and, and it's not that hard to do. And so just being aware of that is very important. Oh, yeah, definitely. And I think this is not even something for just teenagers to look at, but adults need to look at as well. I mean, when we're talking about the huge celebrity scandal that's been taking up all the headlines on major media outlets, this issue that you talked about of hackers taking photos from celebrities' iClouds. Um, for our listeners not aware, really, of Apple products, what is an iCloud and how, how can someone hack into that and take pictures? So the iCloud is just basically where Apple backs up everything. And so um, the hacker found a loophole in that and was able to access everything, which was a really unfortunate. Ah, very unfortunate indeed. Well, thank you, Kaisin. You brought attention to a lot of great points here. Privacy and technology often don't go hand in hand. So we need to remember to be on our guard when using the internet. I'm Hannah Hundle. During the break, be sure to visit btsya.org. I'm Kaisin Kelly. Please also our web- visit our website at expressyourselfteenradio.com and our videos at http.backslash/blackslash/www.youtube.com slash be the star you are. Express Yourself is brought to you by Be the Star You Are, a literacy and positive media charity. Stay right here with us as we look more deeply at fear in our everyday lives. Tune in to Dinosaur Detectives with Little Miss Dinosaur, Anna Dubois. We'll not only learn about dinosaurs, but also about fossils, ancient civilizations, and ask questions from paleontologists. You'll learn about science in general with an emphasis on paleontology and dinosaurs. Anna hopes that this show will start or increase your awareness and interest in the field of science. Dinosaur Detectives can be heard every Wednesday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Kids channel. Let's sing with the Indie Girls. Join Callie Young and Rinsley Phelps each week as they talk about the music industry with an emphasis on what it's like to sing as performers. We'll give out some great tips on how to make it big and be the next contestant on your favorite reality singing competition. We'll also talk to the artists who are already making it big on the up-and-coming circuit. Indie Girls can be heard live on the Voice America Kids channel every Thursday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time, 8 p.m. Eastern Time. Tune up your voice and join in the chorus. Keep it right here. You're listening to Voice America Kids. You're listening to Express Yourself on the Voice America Kids channel, where teens talk and the world listens. Express Yourself is produced by Star Style Productions, LLC, as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. For more information about our show, visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Now, back to our star teens. Welcome back. Thank you for staying with us here at Voice America Kids. 
I'm Hannah Hundle, and today we've been having a riveting conversation about what it means to be afraid and how we can work effectively to combat all that scares us. Now, I know, Hannah, that this issue of fear is something you've been recently investigating in a very interesting way. Can you share with us what you've been up to? I certainly can. I am so thrilled, elated, and proud to announce that I am co-authoring a book. And this is such a huge, huge step for me because, as you might know, really for the majority of my life, I feel like I've been involved in journalism. You know, I got a local column in the local newspaper back in the eighth grade, and it was an an opinion column. And then I moved on to different newspapers, different magazines, to blogging. But it, writing a book was always kind of in the back of my mind. Uh-huh. And, you know, you know that defining seminal moment when everything just seems to fall together and yeah. pieces just come together and you just feel your life rolling on a wonderful track? Well, that's what it was really like for me when I was offered to co-author a book along with a fabulous international best-selling author, Juju Sabra. She's only 14 years old, but she's already published over a dozen or two dozen books. And so it's really wonderful to find a co-author like that and to work with someone who has so much more experience in this book publishing industry than I do because I feel like I'm learning as I'm doing. And this book um, hopefully will be published in ebook format on December 19th. And we're looking at maybe a printing format as well later on. Um, the details on that will be announced uh, uh-huh. in, in, you know, um, in some time. But, you know, the whole goal of this book is to help young people realize their potential. Now, uh-huh. a lot I feel like a lot of young people kind of go through these years, these teenage years, a little bit aimlessly. They're kind of wandering around trying to yeah. figure out what they're good at, what they like to do, but they don't have a lot of direction. And so we're hoping that with this book, we're going to really help teenagers everywhere get on a path that they love and that they deserve to be on because we believe that all young people deserve to be successful in their own special way. Yeah. It's really all about identifying that way, you know? Uh, I definitely agree with you. It's actually funny that you brought, um, you're talking about this because today in English, we had a huge discussion about the transcendentalist movement and about like the power of the individual and how. Um, in the transcendentalist movement, a lot of people like Thoreau and Walden decided to go off into like the woods or whatever and find themselves. And so we related that back to society today and how um, now- nowadays people always see one path to success and they everyone tries to, everyone needs to have a 4.0, everyone needs to go to a certain college. And so we're talking a lot about what does success mean to you and how can you get there and stuff like that. So it's cool that you're helping teens find a way, especially because it's now super stressful in today's culture um, right. to decide to find success. Right. And you know, that's the really the point of this book, because we've got a myriad of teen contributors who are all successful in their own way. Uh, you know, some of them are going to highlight different international or national prizes that they've won for a variety of different subjects. So any teen reader can really find a person in this book to identify with. And the title of this book um is YOLO, Teen Success Project, You Only Live Once, so be awesome. Uh And we're really trying to redefine this notion of you only live once because Uh a lot of people tend to associate that with living dangerously or, you know, living on harm's edge. But we're trying to show that there's another way to only live once and that's to really push that envelope of how far you can go with your dreams and how much further can you really pursue your passion 
when the whole world seems to be telling you, no, you can't do this or no, you can't do that. How much farther are you going to push that? That's really what it means to YOLO, to only live once and yeah. to live the best. And, you know, there's a wonderful quote and it escapes my memory who it's by, but it says you only live once, but if you do it right, once is enough. And Definitely. so that's, that's re- we're really going to try to highlight that throughout the book that we've got this one shot and let's really give it a go. Cool. So you talked about how you got a lot of inspiration and the basis for this book was from the Teen Success Project. So could you talk a little bit more about what exactly is the Teen Success Project? Yeah, well, the Teen Success Project and this book really go hand in hand because through both mediums, we're trying to highlight this notion that every young person is born with potential, but it's how we draw that out. And it's the environments that we put ourselves in that aid in drawing that out that really make all the difference. And you can really follow the Teen Success Project through a blog that Juju and I are both maintaining now. It's a brand new website. So I really recommend everyone check it out. It's teensuccessproject.com. And currently, we're actually conducting surveys of young people aged 13 to 18 nationwide to get a better picture of where young kids are placing themselves nowadays on a variety of spectrums. You know, we're looking at how are kids earning their money nowadays? Um, What are their greatest fears right now? So we're really wanting to identify all these factors that are in a young person's life nowadays. And we're hoping that that'll aid in the construction of our book. And it'll help us kind of provide more individualized advice to all of our readers, something that everyone can identify with. Well, I think it's so great. And the inspiration for your book sounds really awesome. So how um, long have you been working on for this on this book and when did you kind of start the um, process of doing it? Yeah, yeah. Well, it's a fascinating story because I believe it was way back in May of this year, 2014, that I filled out a form to be a contributor to this book. And shortly after, I received word back that my answers were fabulous and that we'd be conducting an interview, me and Juju, um, about my answers and about why I wanted to contribute to this book. And then I think it was just a few short months later that I was invited to be a co-author. And this is a project that Juju has been working on for quite some time now. So she really wanted to handle the bulk of the writing portion. But I think they felt that because I'm so involved in different media and publication pursuits, that I'd be great at marketing this and really getting the message of this book across on a wider platform. And so that's what I've been aiming to do, whether it be talking about the book on this program right now are promoting it on other shows or blogging about it. And I'm also really aiding in conducting that survey. So I've been running around mm-hmm. to different homerooms every day and getting kids <laughs> to fill that out. And, you know, it's still open to be filled out by anyone. You can just go to teensuccessproject.com forward slash survey and fill that out. It should take you no more than five minutes. And if you, it's completely anonymous and confidential. But if you add your first name and your email address to the very bottom, you subscribe, you'll be entered in a drawing to win up to a $250 Amex gift card. And so I really recommend you check that out. I mean, it's about five minutes worth of, worth of time and you can be entered in that fabulous drawing and aid in the construction of our book. Yeah, definitely. And I think it's so cool how you talked about how you entered um, to be a co- contributor to this and then you got um, to actually be a co-author and I think that really speaks for the message itself like you talked about the teen success project and how taking that initiative can get you so far because obviously you went into this thinking you would only be a contributor to the book and now here you are a co-author of your own book which is really amazing 
and relates to that whole teams need to take initiative and then you can be, you can do anything you desire. Right. And, you know, throughout the duration of the show, we've been talking about fear and fear is really anything that's holding you back from doing something that you'd rather be doing. And I think that's so applicable when we're talking about following your passions and pursuing your dreams, because it, it seems that there's always that one factor that holds people back from doing what they really want to be doing, whether it be fear of, okay, how is this going to translate into a career? Or whether it be fear of, okay, how are people going to perceive me if I do this one thing? There's always this fear factor involved in pursuing our passions. And we're hoping that through this book, we can really address that. We can really knock it out and help young people understand that their greatest gift to the world is following their passion, is showing what they're made of, that that's the best thing they can do for this world. And it really harkens to my memory another quote that I'm not sure who it's by again, but it, it says that don't ask, the wor- ask what the world needs. Ask what makes you come alive. Because what the world needs is people who have come alive. And so we're hoping that yeah. this book, people are, are going to come alive. Definitely. And I think, again, this relates back to any teen's life because anyone can relate to time in their life when they were scared or afraid to do something, which is what they really wanted to do. So I'm so happy for you, Hannah. I'm so proud of you for creating this book. And thank you for sharing your work with us. TeenSuccessProject.com sounds like the site to visit for tips on living a fantastic life and also a great place to check out that survey. As always, all good things must come to an end. And this show gave us insight in emboldening ourselves to face all that we fear. Thanks to Star Style Productions, Cynthia Bryan, Be The Star You Are, and Kid Star for producing this show, where we empower kids. Thanks to our Voice America Kids crew, especially Perry Damone and Bruce Solstein. Thanks to our guests and reporters from across the world. And thank you, our listeners, for making us a top-rated program. I'm Kaisin Kelly. And I'm Hannah Hundel. You have been listening to Express Yourself, an on-air global community where teens talk and the world listens. For more info on our creative community, go to btsya.org. Until next week, remember, be kind, be fearless, and be here. Speak up, speak out, and express yourself. Thanks for joining us this week on Express Yourself, produced by Star Style Productions, LLC, as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. For more information about our show, be sure to visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Please join us again next Tuesday at noon Pacific time, 3 p.m. Eastern, when teens talk and the world listens on the Voice America Kids channel. Until then, remember to express yourself. Stars that shine between the lines if you would let yourself go. My name is Lindsay Marie from Phoenix, Arizona and host of Bookworm. The Kids Store Album of the Month this month is Back in School, Neil Brewer and Friends. Let's listen to Dodgeball. Look out, Mary's got the ball. And her eyes are set on you. She's lean, she's mean, she's quick and tall. There's nothing you can do. One time she drew a beat on Fred back when he first moved in. She slung one straight upside his head Fred hasn't played since then We laughed when we first saw her throw With that wind-up fling and twirl Now every single kid I know 
tries throwing like that girl But none of us have matched her way Perhaps it's in the eyes We only know that when she plays We drop like swatted flies Dodgeball, dodgeball Mary gonna make us fall It ought to be against the law She should even play it all Dodgeball, dodgeball Mary sure is beautiful But friend, I wouldn't tell her that Cause she'll wind up hard And you'll wind up flat Same thing happens every day Mary puts us in our place Though we try, we cannot get away From that Mona Lisa face Each day we wonder who it is She's gonna level first And when she's through with what she does We all line up for the nurse Dodgeball, dodgeball Mary's gonna make us fall It ought to be against the law She should even play it all Dodgeball, dodgeball, Mary sure is beautiful But friend, I wouldn't tell her that Cause she'll wind up hard And you'll wind up flat When I go out into the world Don't know what job I'll do But I can bet I'm the one girl Who's gonna run a wrecking crew Dodgeball, dodgeball us fall, it ought to be against the law, she should even play it on, dodgeball, dodgeball, Mary sure is beautiful, but friend, I wouldn't tell her that, cause she'll wind up hard, she gonna wind up hard, she gonna wind up hard, and you'll wind up flat. The Kid Star Album of the Month is Back in School by Neil Brewer and Friends. All musical proceeds Neil Brewer and Friends received are donated to the Harvard Stem Cell Institute to put an end to a muscular dystrophy. For more information, go to the Kid Star website www.kidstar.org.